0: Hello, T-Crew, and welcome to a brand new episode of T-Talk with Sha. Today, we're going to be talking about all the trending topics all over social media and the internet. And we're also going to be doing a deep dive into executive producers still starring in their own works. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Stay tuned. All right, T-Crew, let's get straight into This piping hot tea, because as we all well know, there's always so much going on. I am not in my regular home studio today. So if you hear any noise or any type of interruptions, that is why I'm going to try to keep it to a minimum though. All right, y'all. So let's get straight into this piping hot tea. And the first topic that we're going to talk about is Travis uh, Scott cheating on Kylie Jenner with an Insta model. Now, rumors have been swirling since last year when the couple um, announced their second child that there was another woman in the mix and even rumors of Kylie and Travis being in an open relationship, Kylie slammed those rumors saying that they're very much In a monogamous relationship between the two of them and that they're, you know, raising their two children together and living in the same household. Well, the Insta model came forward and she basically said that that's completely capped. that she's been involved in their relationship for a long time that Kim and the rest of the family have basically told her what to say and what to do in order to stay in Travis's life, but not to expose, um, her presence basically in the relationship to other people. Now she has had background, um, pictures and knowledge of where Travis is she's been on video shoots allegedly she was at some valentine's day parties and they been at different events together Travis completely denies knowing her um and he says that you know she's just being weird that she's been kind of stalking him And wanting to be part of his life for a very long time, that she'll do, you know, whatever it takes to make herself seem associated with him and the family, but that he has absolutely no relationship with her whatsoever, now, another party came forward in the comments of the Shade Room post that was describing everything and what's going on. And she basically said she's been working with Travis for over eight years and she's never seen this girl, never seen her at a video, never seen her at an after party, never seen her anywhere. Um And that you know, she basically is lying to try to fake an association with Travis because she was able to get some background footage and videos and that they could have rolled in the same circles at some point, And that's how she got this information. But that, you know, basically what it's coming down to is Travis Scott may have a stalker. Now, When it comes to all this, I definitely believe the women um, because, you know, Kris Jenner is very orchestrated. She's very strategic. And I could definitely see her telling someone who may be involved with any of them um, what to say and what to do and how you should carry yourself if you want to remain in this situation. But it also just seems weird that she doesn't have any pictures. She doesn't have any, you know, real photos of her and Travis. It just seems like if they've been playing in your face this song with your, associ- with your association with him, the very first thing I would do the next time I saw him would be, okay, let's definitely get a picture or when he's sleeping or something so that I can have hardcore proof. I don't want people to keep thinking that I'm lying and I'm only able to show backgrounds. And I think she also posted like a picture of like, um, what they did for Valentine's day or something, but neither one of them are in the picture. So it's just like, they're either really strict with your phone use when you're around him, or you just don't have the receipts. And I think these days, if you don't have the receipts, nobody can really believe you. Nobody's really trusting your word If you don't have receipts on the things that you say that you've been in a relationship for years now, um, with him and you can't produce not one single picture or video, it does seem a little bit sketchy, but you know, I just don't put it past the Kardashians because I know how they operate and it definitely seems like something Chris would say, like you're going to put out this narrative, you're going to do this, you're going to do that if you want to remain, um in the family's good graces. So hmm, it's possible. I definitely believe it as a possibility, but it's starting to kind of fall apart her story. Now she can produce a video, a photo, something. Um, I think that'll give her a little more credibility, but as of right now, I just think that it's really not coming off as something, um, that's really going to be, you know, credible for anybody in the situation. Alright, let's move on to the next topic here Madonna and Cardi B. Now, Madonna took to social media recently and described her history with her sexuality, um, and basically opening up doors for women in music to be a lot more sexually free than they were when she came out in the 80s. Now, Madonna put out a book, she did a documentary, she's just always been really like free and open about her sexuality. And she did catch a lot of heat for it when she came out in the 80s. So I do feel like that was partially true. But she did call people out by name, Um, and one of them was Cardi B and Cardi B said, you know, I was really disappointed with her calling us out by name. Like we don't, you know, support Madonna or understand, um, what she did, her contribution to women being able to freely express themselves in all different ways. And she's just like, I just don't understand why she would call me out specifically or why she had to call anybody out at all. Um. But since then, they've been able to kind of, uh, get on the phone, have a private conversation and work everything out. And like we posted on the T page today, Cardi came out, um, and spoke to that. She was just like, sometimes you post things when you're in your feelings or you feel a certain type of way, but that's not really how you feel, or that's not completely how you feel. You could have other opinions, um, um on the topic, but in that moment you were like, okay, this is what I'm gonna say right now. I'm gonna go off. And, um, it happens to everybody. (laughs) It's definitely the double edged sword of social media. You can get out your message to a lot of people at once, but you also don't have to think about it. You could just, you know, come off the dome, come off the cuff and just say whatever, post whatever. Um, and that may not be how you genuinely feel, two hours later, two days later or whatever, or even after the conversation, everybody has the right to change their mind. So I'm glad they were able to work it out. I don't know. Madonna has definitely been in the news a lot for quote unquote queer baiting um, and posting really like interesting, but also kind of confusing TikToks. Um, And that could have contributed to it as well. I feel like someone as big as Madonna definitely should have a social media manager. I don't understand why Madonna's still writing her own tweets and posts. I know there's certain things that you want to write for yourself, but just in general, I think Madonna should not have her own social media accounts. I think that someone should definitely be running her accounts. She's an icon. Um, she's a legend. She, I put her you know, on the same level as like a you know, Celine Dion or, you know, Janet Jackson, they don't run their own accounts. Everything that goes on their accounts is curated and specified to go specifically in that social media. And I just feel like that's something that Madonna should definitely take advantage of because I know she has the money and she has the resources. So it just doesn't make sense to me that she's running her own account at this point um, in her level of fame. But, you know, that's just me. All right, let's get into this next topic here. The Renaissance tickets would possibly sell for $50,000. Whew, sheesh. All right, let's get into it. So after Beyonce's hit album, Renaissance Part 1, everyone is, um, you know, anxiously awaiting her tour announcement uh, for North America. She has been booking stadiums. It's pretty clear that um, in 2023, um, probably late spring, early summer, Beyonce will be touring. Now we haven't got much information on the dates or the prices or anything like that. Um, but they did Beyonce and her family did attend the wearable art gala and at the gala, uh, the tickets, the Renaissance tickets for the upcoming tour did, um, start the bidding I think they started the bidding at $50,000 and that's what kind of raised everybody's concerns about how much these tickets would actually be costing now believe me I would love to be in the building I really love the Renaissance album I love the dance theme I love the ballroom theme I just thought you know it was amazing and I can't wait to see visuals cough cough when we get visuals, Beyonce, when we get visuals. Okay. We've been waiting since that teaser for you to put out some visuals. Um, But more than just that, we want a tour, you know, we want to see her dancers. We want to see her sets. We want to see her concept um, for this kind of groundbreaking album, bringing ballroom and dance music to the main stage um, and into, you know, popular music. Everybody wants to go. So, When we saw that it was 50,000, I was like, oh my goodness, like this is crazy. It's astronomical. But I think people also have to realize that the gala gives away not just an item, but packages. So if you were to look at the specific things that come with it, I think it was like a flight for two, um, the actual front row tickets, and other perks, you know, probably getting a meet and greet or something like it, what these are not the standard tickets. This is like a $50,000 Beyonce dream package. Um, and I don't think that the actual tickets themselves are going to cost this much. Now, of course, this is all speculation because we don't know, we don't even know what stadiums she's going to be at yet. We just know that they've been reserved. Um, and that the tour is coming. We don't even know the dates or anything like that. So Yes, I think they'll be expensive. No, I do not think that they'll be $50,000. No, I think that was just like a package that she was donating um, for a charity and for, you know, a super fan to be able to come and experience her music, but also get some other perks, you know, making the total $50,000. alright right, let's move on to the next topic here. Uh, Real Housewives of Potomac husband Chris Bassett is under fire as several cast members describe him as being extra flirty and, you know, just wanting their attention as a male. Um, So first we had uh, Giselle come forward and she basically said, you know, after they wrapped filming that Chris um, did spend some time alone with her in her dressing room after her glam team had left and that made her feel uncomfortable. Um, and then we had Ashley Darby come and describe that she had, uh, been out with a couple friends, you know, she's getting out more since her divorce from Michael and that Chris had DM'd her to come hang out, um, at the restaurant that he worked at. And now in the more recent episode, um, Mia Thornton has also made a claim of Chris being flirty with her. Honestly, I must say, I hate this (laughs) storyline. I hate this storyline so much because I don't even think the cast members themselves believe that Chris Bassett is actually interested in them. I think that the cast members are just looking for something, grasping for something to kind of talk about and call Candace out about. We know that Candace is very, very... Um, outspoken on social media, outspoken during filming and in her confessionals. And I think the women just literally want something to be able to say to her. And this accusation does put Candace between a rock and a hard place because she doesn't want to invalidate women and how they feel. When somebody says they feel uncomfortable, you should definitely respect that and respect their um, emotions and their feelings towards situation. But when you know, as well as anybody else, um, that Chris's intentions are not flirty or that he's trying to cheat on his wife with you to keep bringing it up over and over does Give a little bit thirsty for a storyline because let's just be honest Chris Bassett is not trying to talk to any of the ladies on the Real Housewives of Potomac cast. If he was going to go behind Candace's back with anybody, I do not think it would be somebody from the cast. I don't think he's that foolish at all. So this is literally just a storyline, just something for them to say, just something for them to try to gag Candace and call her out about. But at the end of the day, it just doesn't make sense to me that you would even do that because it just, it's It's not falling together. The storyline doesn't make sense that he would even care to really want to be in a relationship with any of these women or in a way that would be so obvious that Candace would find out. (laughs) Like super obvious. Like these women can't hold anything. That's the first thing they're going to do is try to run to Candace if he ever really genuinely tried to pursue them. I think that would be insane. I don't think he would ever do that. And I really don't think Candace would sit there and allow that I don't think she'd even stay on the show to be honest if she found out something like that between Chris and another cast member I think that would be it for her so yeah that's just weird um and the last topic here Chloe and Drewski possibly dating now Chloe and her sister Hallie went on live to answer some of their fan questions and kind of just kiki and kick back with their fans. And someone in the chat asked uh, Chloe why Drewski's name was saved the way that it was in her phone. Now everybody knows the two have definitely been teaming up to do some TikToks and it looks like he may be in her new music video for the night Um, and you know, fans are just wondering, are you guys friends, more than friends, what's going on? And why is his name saved in your phone with a blue heart next to it and the eggplant emoji? Now we all know what the eggplant emoji means. Even if you're just friends with somebody, you can put little hearts and stuff next to their name. And I feel like that makes sense. But the eggplant emoji... You might have some explaining to do. Now, Hallie did not confirm nor deny that her sister may be dating the comedian, but she did say that he's very funny and she enjoys him as a person. That's what Hallie said, her sister. Uh Chloe really brushed off the question and I honestly don't think that she anticipated so many people noticing what she had him saved in her phone under, even though she did screenshot her phone and take the picture and post it um promoting for the night. So I don't know. It might have been a little slip there. Um, something she wasn't ready for fans to see, or maybe she did want fans to see because this kind of thing drums up attention for the single. I mean, I'm talking about it. It was all over, you know, the blogs were all talking about it and they reposted the clip. So this might be promotion for the single. Um, or it could be a new relationship that kind of leaked out a little earlier than Chloe had initially planned it to. We don't know. We will have to see. Um, But either way, I think they're kind of a cute couple if they were to date. Because, you know, everybody likes a funny guy. Everybody loves a funny guy. All right, everybody. These have been the trending topics for this week. Stay tuned for our deep dive.
1: Hello, hello, hello out there and welcome to the Sports Update with J-Rob. Today I will be covering the National Football League and Major League Baseball. Let's start with the NFL. The Carolina Panthers have traded star running back Christian McCaffrey to the San Francisco 49ers for a 2023 third round pick, a 2023 fourth round pick, and a 2024 fifth round round pick. Now let's get into the NFL action from week 7 of the regular season. The Arizona Cardinals beat the New Orleans Saints. The Cardinals defense forced Saints quarterback Andy Dalton to throw three interceptions and two were returned for touchdowns. The Tennessee Titans defeated the Indianapolis Colts. Colts quarterback Matt Ryan threw two interceptions and has been benched for the rest of the season. The New York Giants beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Giants quarterback Daniel Jones and Giants running back Saquon Barkley combined for 217 rushing yards. The Carolina Panthers upset the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Panthers' defense held the Buccaneers' offense to just a field goal in this game. The Washington Commanders defeated the Green Bay Packers. The Packers have now lost three games in a row. The Dallas Cowboys beat the Detroit Lions. The Cowboys outscored the Lions 21 to zero in the second half. The Cincinnati Bengals defeated the Atlanta Falcons. The Bengals quarterback, Joe Burrow, completed 34 passes for 481 yards and three touchdowns. The Baltimore Ravens beat the Cleveland Browns. Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson rushed for 59 yards and threw for 120 yards. The New York Jets defeated the Denver Broncos. The Jets held the Broncos scoreless in the second half. The Las Vegas Raiders beat the houston texans raiders running back josh jacobs carried the ball 20 times for 143 yards and three touchdowns the seattle seahawks defeated the los angeles chargers seahawks running back kenneth walker carried the ball 23 times for 168 yards and two touchdowns the kansas city chiefs blew out the san francisco 49ers the chiefs outscored the 49ers 30 to 10 in the second half the miami dolphins beat the pittsburgh steelers this particular game had no scoring by either team in the second half now let's move to major league baseball The Philadelphia Phillies are going to play the Houston Astros for the 2022 World Series. Uh, The first game of the World Series will be on Friday, October 28th, and it will be held in Houston, Texas. And this has been the Sports Update with J-Rob. Have a wonderful week.
0: All right, T Crew, welcome to my favorite part of the podcast, The Deep Dive, where I get to shine a light on something that I've been thinking about throughout the week. And this week, we're talking about executive producers starring in their own works. Um, And of course, the Natalie Nunn uh, saga made me want to definitely talk about this because, you know, Natalie Nunn is notorious for um, being in her show her own show, The Baddies, and also executive producing The Baddies and why I feel like, or what I think about the situation and and what my opinions are on it. So let's just start in the beginning. So I was watching um, The Sharp Tank, which is a podcast on No Jumper, and uh, Natalie Nunn was there, and Sharp basically called her out, and he was just like, you know, you are the boss. This is your show. This is your baby. Um, you help find the talent, you help with the concepts, you develop the show, you, you know, help with making sure all the contracts and everything are correct before anybody even steps foot into the house. You help find the house, you help with the activities, you help with the bookings, you have a hand in every single, um, portion of this show, Baddies, that is on Zeus Network, um, but you also start in it. And do you feel like that takes away from your executive producing abilities? And Natalie basically said, you know, I would like to step back. I would like to not be in the spotlight when it comes to my own show, but I can't because I really haven't found that person that can properly lead the show the way that I do. But, um, I guess the question, the bigger question is, d- can you be an, ev- an um, effective EP if you are getting down in the trenches in the mud and fighting with these girls every week as a cast member. And I honestly feel like you can. not And I think it's an interesting question because so many people have starred in and executive produced different TV shows, movies, anything in media you'll find because executive producing just means you're putting your own money into the project, right? So she's an equal partner in baddies, um, with Zeus Network, and in addition to being a part of the talent, she's also someone who stars in the show. And because she's wearing two hats there, I just don't know if it's fair or if it kind of makes sense for her to be doing that. And I only say that because of, of course, how everything has been going in the season, but also on the reunion. You know, one of the girls was able to get close to her. I believe it was Rolly and um get her and like scratch her in the eye and her eye was like red um and definitely you know irritated and she had to wear glasses the rest of the reunion but because of that she was like oh you're fired you're not coming back on the next season forget it i will start over with all new girls um because when you executive produce and star in something it's almost like you're too close to it you can't see the trees for the forest you're just too close to the situation to know what's best for all the castmates because you literally denounce the castmates and then you bring them back in a couple weeks to film um more content because they're entertaining so All the women that you've worked with that you don't necessarily like, you don't have to like them because they're entertaining and you continue to bring them back from one season to the next season to the next season. Um, And it's just kind of weird to me. I don't know. Um, You know, the girl that scratched her eye was brought back a couple weeks later for uh, the auditions for the next season. And she was like, you know, we just put everything aside to get to the bag but it just seems like as an executive producer, as a boss, as someone that has so much going on with the logistics of the show, that you should not be involved in the show. It's almost like that'd be like Lemwell Plummer basically saying, okay, now I'm going to be in the third season of Bad Boys. What? <laughs> Why would he join Bad Boys? He's the owner, creator. And head honcho of Zeus, you know, it almost takes away from your role as executive producer. When you get down in the mud and fight with these girls. Also, you pick your favorites, right? Like you pick who's closest to you, who you want in the house, who will defend you and things like that. And I feel like it's the same situation with Jocelyn's cabaret. Um, The rest of the girls will fight. Jocelyn's on the show. uh, But, the security guards and everyone around has been instructed to definitely protect the executive producers and the creators of the show over the regular castmates of the show. So I believe that's another reason why it becomes a safety concern because nobody's supposed to be able to get a lick off on Natalie, right? Or Jocelyn, or anyone who's the head portion of the show, nobody should be able to get that close to them. And I feel like that's another reason why they should not be on film because there's just so much going on. Even with Jocelyn's Cabaret, I feel like Jocelyn could definitely pull back. You know, have the show be about the women. You just come on at the end. And pick which, you know, ladies or men, I guess if you're going to open up to men next season or whatever, but pick whoever you feel like should go on tour with you at the end. I don't think it needs to be something that you take part in every week, because, again, if they're going to be protecting you, supporting you, running behind you Who's protecting the cast? Who's running behind the cast? I mean, in both reunions, you had people going to the emergency room and the hospital after being on a reunion show. Um, so that's, you know, very serious, of course, that they have that kind of violence happening, but it also kind of just leaves everyone who's a regular cast member just out there like a lamb to slaughter. Like, well, we have executive producer here that we definitely need to protect. So everybody else just comes secondary. Plus, I think you want to make the best content that you can, you can't focus on making the best content that you can if everyone around you is trying to get a lick off you and trying to fight you and you have to be kind of always having your head on a swivel for whatever may come your way. um, It just makes more sense to me to step back away from starring as talent and really look into casting those strong women that can hold the show down. So you can really step away from the show and just be able to see everything that's going on without being directly involved in it and getting your judgment clouded um, from that situation. And I also feel like it's just a bigger, it's just a bigger flex and a bigger kind of A show of your authority. If you're able to really get out of the messiness with them, step away and be like, listen, I'm someone that you can come to. I'm a resource. You know, if you have women that are like, yeah, I have 2 million followers on social media. I have this going. I have that going. I think I should be able to negotiate for a higher contract. That might be something they feel more comfortable coming to an EP about that's not on the show. Because of course, An EP that's on the show is always going to think, well, at the end of the day, I want them to get paid well so that they'll stay on the show, but nobody's going to get paid more than me. You know what I mean? So all these things contribute to it. They add up to it. I always want to see, you know, black women in media, black women bosses, um, you know, executive producing, really taking home the majority of the coins that come out of the things that you thought of, the things that you've worked on, the things that you've helped develop Um, where she didn't have an opportunity to do that while she was a bad girl working on oxygen, she now has the opportunity to do that as a bad girl on Zeus. So I'm happy that she does have those opportunities and I'm, you know, happy that that's able and ready for her. But I just think at some point you do have to step out, not because you're older, because whatever. It's because you literally just have to give your chance, yourself an opportunity to make the best content that you possibly can. And if you're always weaving in and out all up and through it, to me, it just doesn't have the same effect. All right, everyone. This has been the deep dive. Stay tuned for the outro comments. All right, T-Crew, this is my least favorite part of the podcast where I have to say goodbye to you. Just want to thank you all for listening, streaming, um, downloading the podcast. Always remember that our reels are monetized on Facebook. So head over to Facebook and like, share, comment. Um, all of that directly supports the podcast and we really, really appreciate it. Um, that money goes right back into the podcast, keeping it going, um, helping me get a new equipment, helping me just up my game and make the podcast better and better for you guys every single week. As always convict the cops that killed Brianna Taylor. We won't stop until she gets the justice that she rightly deserves. Have a beautiful day or night, wherever you are. And I love you for listening. Bye.